Yeah, I was just saying to Dre the other day, we need to pray him back into church, eh? So, okay, everybody, we're just going to you know, put him back into position. But I, I was thinking the same thing. I think you've been practicing for when you're going to be away. So, uh, and so the funny thing is we were both away last week, and it's like I couldn't really change my plan either because Kath and I had the privilege of going over to Greymouth, New Life, where our son James and Danielle, our daughter-in-law, um, got prayed in as assistant pastors. Woo! We've got more pastors in the family, um, and it was a real honor to be there and just see that the hearts of the people are so for this young couple. They're only, what, 33, um, four kids, two farms, staff, and 40 minutes out of Greymouth, and they've taken on you know, being assistant pastors, which is huge, and it's pretty significant. So, so that's where we were last week. That was fun, um, but missed you guys again like we do when we're away, eh, Dre? We actually miss you guys when we're away, which is a good thing. If your pastors miss you when they're away, it's a good thing. And so I don't know how you can do three months. Whew. Man, I, I'm, I, I'm feeling it. Three months, I get to be the boss. Shivers. Anyway, you just don't have any issues for three months. We'll, get, we'll do some, some no-issue courses, something like that. All right, so today we're going to, yeah, thanks, Dre, do it. I tried to do this before and made an absolute sham of it. We're going to talk about our second cornerstone, which is relational, that we are into relationships. And that's um, something that's, that's what I did. I said, you do it, bro, because you got it under control. <laughs> uh, it's a bit like the circus, eh? Woohoo! <laughs> Good stuff. So, so this is like an, an intentional reminder that relationships, relationships are the foundation of church, full stop. If it wasn't for relationships, how many of you guys would actually even want to come to church? Relationship with God, relationship with others, relationship with ourselves. So they're important. And it's the ability to relate to others, and it's different for all of us. Some of us are like, relationships, yes, give me some more people, like COVID. Kev <laughs> says, I'm here. I said, ah, not enough people. Whereas other people like COVID, ha, ah, fantastic. I don't have to see anybody. It's like I haven't seen anybody for months. It's great. So we all have different ways of relating. Uh, it's both a natural gifting and it's something that can be learned. And so, so the scripture that I want to go to today is this one here. And it says this in Mark 12, 31 to 32. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the message, it says this, just chucks it into everyday language. It says, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord with all your passion all your, and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second, love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. Pretty cool. So I'm going to look at that scripture backwards. It says relating to ourselves. If you read that, it says love your neighbor as yourself. And so first it's relationship with ourselves. Love others as you love yourself. A funny thing to put there. Instead of just saying, like I always say, like that, that is the new commandment, isn't it? Love, other, love God, love others. Love God, love people. But then I, I just realized when I was reading it, it says, love God, love people as you love yourself. So it's love yourself, love people, and love God. Well, good, love, yeah, you've got to do all three. So if we go backwards, let's look at the first one, um, relating to ourselves. 
In order to relate well to others, we must first relate well to ourselves. And the way we view ourselves is the way that others will see us. So we've got to relate to others. I've got, had a couple of friends. I've, there's actually friends on Facebook, both of them. And um, these are guys that I've always seen have struggled to love themselves. One guy is severely introverted and severely self-conscious. And so when you're around him, you feel as awkward as he is. And it's, it's something, he hasn't got a big friendship circle. He was a neighbor of mine at the time when I first met him, and he came to church, and, and I was there for him. And then when he got married, which was a, quite a surprise, to be fair, um, he asked me to be his best man. And I'm like, I didn't even know this guy. But he didn't have any friendships. And then every time he's around people, he projects this lack of confidence in who he is. And so, you know, he's a guy that I know that he doesn't love who he is. And then there was another, another friend of mine who's, who's actually very social, the other, other side, very social, very outgoing. He'll go into a room, g'day, g'day, hi, I'm, 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 you know, meet and introduce himself to everybody and that. But in order to be accepted by people, he has to tell stories. Another word for stories is lies. And so everything's a fabrication, Everything he says, after about the first 10 minutes of talking to him, he starts getting into storytelling. And when he gets into storytelling, you know that he's lying. And it's like, why are you doing that? And it's because he doesn't have, have a great understanding of who he is. So he feels that he has to tell lies. He has to make up big stories and incredible stories. And, and so good. If you question it, thinking, I think he's lying, I'll question it. And he'll as quick as lightning carry on the story until you think he's digging such a big hole, but he never actually falls into it which is incredible, but it coming from this low self-worth that he doesn't like himself. And I, I meet people, you've probably met people too, you know, who, who are struggling in life, says, I, I don't like myself, I hate myself. This is where suicide and depression comes in. It's like, I hate myself, I don't, I don't even know if I want to be around because people don't like themselves. In our formative years, in our childhood, has a lot to do with that. Things can go down there where we don't feel valued or feel loved, and it can be, you know, and it can relate into things like low self-esteem, low self-worth, self-conscious, insecurity, fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, loneliness or abandonment. All these things play into the way that we feel about ourselves. And it's like, I think sometimes we've got to do a bit of a health check. Do I like myself? Do I like who I am? Do I like the way I look? You know, the aging process comes, man. You know, I've got a few more wrinkles than I want. I think, God... I need a wrinkle-free face. Anybody got some cream? Can't stop, but i still got to be able to like myself even as I get older. So the answer is God and knowing how he sees us. Here's some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. To see ourselves the way God sees us. Psalms 139, David says this, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God says that over all of us. So loving ourselves is important. There's one thing, like I'm not a big guy, eh? I'm just not a big guy. I've never felt very big. I didn't change my weight from when I left school to about 45. Putting me on a wee bit now, sort of around here. But the thing is, um, I, was, I was a basketball player. This is a sport that I actually did well in. And, and I remember on the court one night, this is, this is like an aha moment for me, so this is really serious. Uh, I'm in the court there, I get the ball, I'm charging down the court, and I threw my legs around my back, through the other leg, did a pirouette, boom! 
hit Brad Sutton. He's a six foot six giant, muscly, big, solid man. He's like a post. Well, I hit the post and I ended up on my back on the floor. The problem is he's in my team. And so he goes, oh, Lyndon, sorry, sorry, Lyndon, sorry. Is Mark here today? Mark and Rose? They're neighbours, yeah, you know what I mean, eh? He's like, sorry, sorry, Lyndon, sorry. Because he's his neighbour now, which is funny. And he pulls me off the floor, literally pulls me off the floor. And I looked at him and I'm like, you know, we Tweety Birds are still going. And he, he, I said to him, this is what I said to him, I said, man, I wish I was as big as you. And he looked me, this is in the basketball court, he looked me in the eye and he said, no, you don't. He says, my hips are stuffed. My knees need replacements. My ankles are crook. He says, you need to be happy the way you are. And I'm like, whoa, where did that sermon come from? We were trying to play basketball. But that impacted, that day was an aha moment where I thought, God, I'm actually happy with who I am. You know, I'm not big. I'm not strong. I, I'm not... I'm not so fast now either, but it was like I got happy with who I was. And even though, you know, Kath was laughing and she'll laugh at when I came down the court doing those dribbling Premier Leagues and pirouettes and things, that wasn't me. I was the sort of guy that was so out of control that even the other team stood back thinking I was going to stuff it up myself, but I wouldn't, and then I'd get goals. And I was so good at getting goals. I was often one of the top scorers in the team, but I think I just projected that I was going to fail. But I didn't, and I, had, I just love playing basketball. So there's some things that, uh, this is always awkward, things I like about myself. I like that I could play basketball and I could do really well in basketball. That really was quite fulfilling, to actually have a sport, because I was always average at everything. Rugby, cricket, soccer, average. But basketball, I excelled. I was a wee bit harsh on myself just then. I was actually a better basketball player than you're envisaging right now. Just so, just correct that, just adjust your thinking there. I'm happy with my body shape and my fitness levels. As a farmer, you know, I, I keep relatively fit. I'm happy with the, my personality. You know, I, I feel that I'm friendly. Um, I seem to like being around people. I'm happy that that's who God made me. Um, I'm happy farming. I think I'm, I'm a pretty good farmer. I'm, and well, I'm happy with myself. I'm happy with the fact that uh, I can be a pastor. I actually felt really nervous before I stood up this morning. I think it's because my sister-in-law's here. She came in, and I was going to mention my brother today. And it's like, oh. so Julie's here, and it's good to see you, Julie. It's always nice to see you. And I felt really nervous, but it's like, actually, I'm happy with who I am as a leader, as a pastor. Of course, there's things that you know, we all want to work on, but I'm happy with that. And so I want you guys to enter into an exercise right now. I want you to close your eyes where you are, and I want to think you, to, you to think about three things about yourself that you're happy with, that you like about yourself. Do that now. Okay, a few more seconds for the ones that can't quite get that third one. How's that? Could you find three things? Was that good? I wanted you to do it now because when you go home, you're not going to think about it. Okay, the second one, in that same scripture, it says, love others well as you love yourself. It talks about others, loving others well. We all have need for connection. Facebook is fake news. All right? 
Facebook does not show you how connected you are with others. It just really doesn't. If our happiness is connected to the number of likes we get, then that is really sad. Because sometimes you just don't get enough likes that you expect to get. Sometimes you put a picture up and it's like, oh, crikey, 35 likes, what the heck? You know what I'm saying, eh? Especially when you see 200 people have looked at it. It's like, why couldn't you flip and like it as well? That was one of my best photos. It's like, what the heck? So I looked up your profiles. <laughs> I've been having, having a bit of fun, actually. I thought, I'm going to check out your profiles and just see how friendly you are and how connected you are with everybody. So what I learned is this. If you are a more private person, you could have 100 to 200 friends or less. That's if you're private. And the thing that I think that means, when you look at, I was looking at Kath's one because she's one of those ones, um, it's, it probably means that you're a great friend. You have a smaller pool of friends, but you're well connected with the friends that you choose to be connected with. All right? That's 100 to 200, under 100. That's, that's you. Okay, then the majority are the 500 to 700s. Um, I'm 586. Yeah. That feels low. I'm like, and then, I, then I thought I was going to check Greg's one out, my, my late brother. I thought, because his profile's still there, and so I'm going to check his out. And he's only 737. And in my heart, I'm thinking, I'm more connected than that. And, and, and Greg was more connected than that. It was like, it's weird. But then, when, when Greg, at his funeral, we had, he had 800 people turned up. Flaming heck. Okay, that correlates to his Facebook page, but that's not normal. Calf went to a funeral of a, a, a man just recently, and his daughter was there. And I said, how many friends has she got? We looked that up. She had uh, 598. Uh, 698. She had 698 friends. Calf was the only friend that came to her father's funeral. Sorry, there's four. Four out of 700. And it doesn't relate. So if you're using Facebook to feel connected, be very, very careful. It's quite dangerous, eh? Dre, you're 782. So you're in the 500 to 700 bit, so I'm actually surprised about that. So, so the 500 to 700 means, generally speaking, we are both close friends, and we have close friends and friends that we consider potential deeper relationships in the future. Yeah, I was just looking at my own profiles. It's people that I think I could sort of walk with. There's a few that I probably should flick now, but generally speaking, people that I've got some connection with in the future. And then, then, then you get into the ones that are going to the thousands. Like Jared Van Berkel is a thousands person. And uh, Danny, Danny um, Hardy, he's a, like a 15, 1400 or something as well. But when you're in the thousands, this is what it says, it means you have a heap of acquaintances. And just accepting and sending all friendship requests, which is a just say yes policy. You want to be my friend? Yes. Oh, friend idea? Yes. And so that the truth is that you will have a lot of acquaintances, but it doesn't really stack up that you're going to have a lot of deep friendships because you spread all over the place. It's not very scientific, but it was interesting, okay? One time when... Uh, Kath first got onto Facebook. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do Facebook. Facebook's, no, nah, I don't want to do it. It's too scary for me. And so I shared her page. How many people share the page with their spouse? You guys have got it coming. It is 
Like, we had some good doozy arguments over this one here. We were in America at the time, I remember it. And we're meeting all these new people, and it's like, then I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, accept, 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 accept. And then Kath says, who are these people? I says, they're my friends. I says, but it's my page. And I'm like, oh, what do I do, unfriend them now? That's unfriendly. And so that happened. I'm, I'm a slow learner, so about, about the fourth time this happens, I thought, no, I'm going to have to get my own Facebook page because she's getting really upset with me now. So, so I got my own Facebook page. And uh, left her in the dust as far as friends. I've got so many friends now. She hasn't got many. <laughs> so anyway, don't share your Facebook page. Um, so to help with relationship connections, here goes a list of things that you can do. Okay, so first thing is awareness. A potential, you're being aware of a potential deeper relationship. And it's like, Honest to God, no lying, no fudging here. When I met uh, Dre and Hannah, the very first week I came to church, the very first week by myself, because Kath wasn't very well that day, I met these guys and like instantly I was aware that this, this couple here, I, I, could, I could do life with this couple here. Instantly felt it. And you, there's people that you meet and even in social occasions we think, man, we get on. That's how you make friends. But being aware that, hey, here's a moment where I could actually make a lifelong friend. Second one is intentionality. That's an intentional connection. You actually got to go out of your way sometimes to make friends. Oh, no, no, this is my friend. What have you done to make it happen? We've got to go out of our way. We've got to make appointments. We've got to meet someplace. We've got to do things together, intentionally do things together. Honesty. You know, do you front as who you are? Like I was saying about my friend before who tells lies. It's like hard to be connected properly with that person because you never know what's the truth and what's not. So we don't hide who we are. We be honest about who we are. And we're all human. We all have stuff, issues even, all of us. Availability. It's uh, making time for it to work. You know, I have a lot of people, I say, oh, hey, look, I'm keen to go for a hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm keen, I'm keen, I'm keen. Yeah, really keen. Man, if you're keen, you're not going to come. But if you're enthusiastic, I know you'll turn up. And so I know people that are really enthusiastic. I only have to talk to Jerry, eh? I only have to mention the word fishing, and he's like, oh, FOMO, he's not coming. It's like, you know, it's just amazing to see that if we are available, what happens? And so if you're available, then you can deepen friendships. Loyalty, that's a solid support. It's through all ups and downs. You know, it's like just because a friend's going through something doesn't mean you ditch them. You, you stay with them. You go up and down with them. Is it comfortable? No, but as friends, you do that. You go up and down with them. And then you've got vulnerability, you know, sharing at depth. You know, that's the best way of connecting, you know. And I know as, you know, I don't know, I think it's easier today to cry, but how many people have cried recently in a, in a chat with somebody, one of your friends? You've cried recently. Yeah, that's not enough. We all need to have a good cry, eh? When you, you know, you know that you're getting somewhere in your relationships when you actually start emotionally connecting. And uh, tears are okay. And the seventh thing is spirituality. You know, we're good for each other. And uh, when we're doing the journey, we're, we're pursuing God together. It's something, it's encouraging. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, I want to do this journey. And happy birthday, Stefan. You're a man that, you know, I love doing this journey with because I just love who you are. And, you know, we connect, not just talking about stuff. We talk about God and what God's doing. And, you know, and, and you can cry with me because we're good at crying. Um, and it's just good. It's good to connect spiritually as well. And that's probably why most of you are here. You're connecting with God, but you're also connecting with others that have a deepening relationship. 
with God. Okay, and a couple of scriptures there. The value of a friend, Thessalonians 5 says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-10 says, Two are better than one, because they have good reward for their labour. For if, one, if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Psalms 133.1 Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. John 15.13 Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for one's friends. And here's the old um, kingdom brotherhood. Proverbs 27.17 is iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We need each other. And that's some good scriptures about friendship. Okay, now I've got another exercise for you. Close your eyes again. This time, what are two things you can do to strengthen some relationships around about you? Go. How are you going with that one? Who couldn't come up with two things? 100% success. Absolutely. That's why you're doing it now, because when you go home, you'll forget about what I said, and you won't even think to do it. And so I encourage you to do that. What you've, just, what you've just thought of there, those two things, the two things that you can do, you know, whether it's one of those seven things that I put up there before, whether it's just, you know, getting involved, do it. Okay, third one, relationship with God. You can see how I'm going backwards on this, eh? Loving ourselves in order so we can love others and so we can love God. Okay. This one here, and you shall love the Lord God with all your, your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And I thought, actually, there's, there's something there. Just imagine if, if you use this as your daily prayer motto for life. And you can make it into something. You know, I, I thought about making it into a, a rap song, but I decided not to because that could be embarrassing if I don't pull it off. But I would say, you know, it's love, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. All right, so everybody, love the Lord with all my heart. Can you put your hand on your heart? With all my soul, my inner being, both hands on your, on your stomach. With all your mind and all your strength. Like your heart, soul, mind, strength. Okay, that's going to be my prayer, man. I'm going to walk out to the farm in the morning. God, I love you with all my heart, my soul, my mind, strength. Amen. Let's get into the day. All right? You can, you can buy it. You can have that free. I'm not even selling that one. You can have it free. And so when you, when you think of that scripture now, or you think of your day even, go out with God. I'm giving you everything. My heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I'm giving it all to you. When I'm going out there, I'm going out with eyes of Jesus, living for Jesus. Let's giving it all to God. So what does it look like? It's genuine relationships. When we have genuine, caring relationships, loving, giving, unselfish time spent with God we're focusing on God we're spending time with God and that can be in all sorts of ways these days you know it can be in your car it can be with all the, with all the Bluetooth availability and YouTube and worship you can just switch into God all the time you know it's just incredible we just have so much access to it now maybe it's in service or serving you know and it's like loving God is actually doing things for others and, and being involved it just shows where your heart's at um, ministering or ministering to those around us. And that's like, I love it. I was, I was uh, talking to some people just recently, they were looking for a pastor, maybe because we weren't here. 
And it was like, oh, need to pray for this person. And they were looking around thinking, where's Dre? Where's Lyndon? They're not here. And then they just came to the conclusion, oh, I have to do this. I can do this. I have the authority to do this. And then they ended up praying for someone and, and ministering because, you know, we're all instructed to minister in some way. So whatever capacity, actions speak. As we've always said, we're not interested in growing a big church at Cornerstone. Dre's said this plenty of times. We're just interested in growing big people. And uh, big people are good. We like big people. Spiritually. We like you if you're big too. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. 1 Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy, and, and mercy for a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. Ephesians 2, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In John 4, 14, and this has been a bit, a bit of a favourite one of me just recently. I've, I've actually preached on it. I actually said it over in Greymouth. But, but whoever drinks of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, Hannah, can you hop up? The worship team. We're just going to sing um, Meet Me Here again. But one thing I'm going to do is another exercise. So if you'd like to close your eyes again. And you can see that I've gone down, I've asked for three things that you like about yourself. I've asked for two things about what you can do for relationship with others. And now I'm only asking one thing that you could do to deepen your relationship with God. The reason why I'm asking one thing is because if I ask one thing, you might do it. If I ask three things, you might not get around to it. So as you get your eyes shut this morning, can we stand actually? Stand. And with your eyes shut, you, you, you have a wee conversation with God. Says, God, what's the one thing that I can do to deepen my relationship with you? And let, him, let the Holy Spirit start speaking into your heart. What is the one thing that God is bringing to your, to your attention right now? the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning has something been pointed out you know we've got people today we've got four people today getting water baptised that's their one thing for today but maybe they got two things but that's their one thing is that I'm going to show my commitment through water baptism as we sing this song what we're going to do we're just going to open the altar and if you want to just like Make that so significant that you actually respond to say, God, I want to seal this in response. This is the one thing that I'm going to step out into and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to go after this. So as we sing the song, if you'd like to respond, that's awesome. And we'd love to just quickly pray with you. And then we're going to go into the water baptisms. Thanks, Hannah.